Hey there, Grease Wheels Nation. This is Eric, the producer, here to tell you again about our sponsor for today's show, ToolheadsCrate.com. Now, this month's Toolheads Crate, this is for September coming up, they are sponsored by Toolbox Widget. Toolbox Widget is a modular organization set that features interlocking organization for wrenches and screwdrivers. And judging by the photos of some of your toolboxes, you probably might want to pick this one up. Every Toolheads Crate box is $35.99 plus exact shipping. They ship out on the 15th of every month. And one lucky winner for the Golden Wrench this month is going to get their entire box outfitted with widget organization from Toolbox Widget. And of course, this is just in addition to all the other great stuff that you usually get in the Toolheads Crate box, such as t-shirts, coupon codes, discount codes, and the things that give you a little taste of some of your favorite tool companies. Toolheadscrate.com, cheap box, better stuff. Keeping the lights on here at Grease the Wheels. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Grease the Wheels, your weekly technician podcast brought to you by your Uncle Jimmy. Coming to you straight from the rock and roll garage. Hey, you know what I want to talk to you about this week? I don't either. (laughs) No, seriously. I want to talk to you about laws. And there's many different types of laws. And you've probably heard me speak of some of them. And some of them maybe you haven't heard me speak of. Uh, There's several types of laws out there. And I'm not just talking about man's laws here. Talking about the laws of physics, which is it's those which are important things to know, which is it's important to learn how to talk too, by the way. But anyway, the, the the laws of physics are important to know as an automotive technician because certain things are going to do certain things in certain situations every single time, okay? Because you cannot break the laws of physics no matter how hard we try. Also, I want to talk to you about Murphy's law, and if you're not familiar with Murphy. Murphy's Law states quite succinctly, if anything can go wrong, it will. And you know what? This seems to be true more often than even the laws of physics sometimes, seriously, okay? And then also there's man's laws, which are funny in some cases. They're funny because they directly contradict the laws of physics in some cases, which is ridiculous because the judge and jury and the uh, final verdict of the laws of physics is absolute. You cannot, absolutely cannot break the laws of physics. And if you attempt to, it's quite possible you may end up dead. We'll start off talking about uh, human laws, man's laws, okay? And there's a lot of different things that we have to deal with as automotive technicians that have to do with man's laws, okay? And some of them and I know that there's some of them that are ridiculous, but there's also some of them that are very good, okay? Now, one of the things that I find curious is that in the United States, we have 50 separate states, and in each and every one of these states, an individual set of vehicular traffic type laws. Some of them are the same, a great many of them are the same. Obviously, speeding in Washington State is exactly the same as speeding in Louisiana, or in Connecticut, you're not supposed to speed. They put big signs up on the side of the road that says speed limit, you know, whatever it is. But even different states handle this differently. Where I lived in New York, we didn't have speed limits over 55 unless it was a highway. And then if we were lucky, the highway would have a speed limit of 65, which is, well, 
I gotta say, I think it's ridiculous. And if you live in New York and you go 65 on say the New York State Thruway, Route 90 or 87, depending where you live, and you go 65 miles an hour, uh, you're gonna get passed by a lot of people. Really, the, the speed limit is just a suggestion, okay? And uh, in that state, uh, most of the police agencies will allow you to travel approximately 15 miles an hour over the posted speed limit without causing you too much trouble, unless of course you look like you're running drugs or liquor or have illegal underage girls in the car, or uh, or all three, <laughs> D, all of the above. Speed limit laws are the same pretty much everywhere else as well. They're, they're enforced in a similar fashion. Where I am now in Texas, after living in New York all my life, I find that the uh, highways are 70 miles an hour, in some cases even 80 miles an hour for a speed limit. Uh, this is, I find this extremely refreshing because automobiles have, and we know as technicians, we know they, they have, they have advanced, they have evolved, and are now extraordinarily safe at even high rates of speed. Uh, they have stability control systems that will keep you from going sideways on an icy road, or they will uh, protect you if you do actually hit something by inflating airbags, sometimes many airbags. There's uh, safety belts, there's crumple zones, uh, lots of things that weren't around in, say, the 1950s when people were routinely killed hitting things even at slower speeds because the steering column was like a great big javelin. And I think a lot of people probably perished because of that. But now, nowadays, if you strike a steering column in a similar fashion, it just moves up and out of the way. Ask me how I know that. Uh, other laws of men or of man's laws that are ridiculous, and this is what I really started talking about, are uh, inspection laws or vehicle maintenance laws, okay? Now, I think in every state in the union, and I'm talking about the United States, I, I can't speak for or vouch for countries outside of the one I live in, uh, such as Canada or Mexico or even countries in Europe. I don't, not familiar with your laws. Uh, I, I've read many, many things that say your laws are way more sensible than ours, and I don't have any trouble believing that at all. But in, in this country, different states have different inspections type laws. Where I came from in New York, uh, there was a vehicle safety inspection, which meant that certain components needed to be in proper working order. And yet the way some of these laws were interpreted, uh, proper working order meant that they're gonna work for another two, maybe three minutes, and they're going to fail, but they pass right now at this particular point in time. Uh, what, what I'm talking about is, uh, in New York, if you have brakes on your car and they may be close to being metal to metal, and I'm talking like by a hair, they pass inspection. But if they become metal to metal, which they would after one hard stop, they no longer pass inspection. So there's, you know, the line in the sand where something's good and something's bad is not where it really should be. But I didn't make the laws, I just had to sort of follow them. A safety inspection in New York is also a real problem for a lot of consumers in that particular state because of the fact that in the wintertime, when roads become icy, they slather the roads with salt. It creates a, a salty, watery brine that once it gets on metal components on your vehicle, turns them into flakes of rust. Big, huge, enormous flakes of rust 
which makes working on cars difficult, which makes owning a car for the length of a loan period, for example, uh, difficult also. Uh, it has ravaged many vehicles that I have owned and um, of one particular vehicle that I still own and has also caused a whole cottage industry to exist known as the winter car or the winter beater. Uh, if you have a nice car, and you live in New York, you don't drive it after Halloween, and you don't break it out until around April Fool's Day. It's just the way it works. And the inspection laws up there indicate that even if you have a winter car and you're only gonna use it for six months and scrap it, that shit still has to work. All of it has to work. Your brake lines all have to be good. Your brakes have to be good. The suspension components all have to be good. Your lights all have to work. Your horn has to work. Your wipers have to work. The mirrors have to be operational. They have to be mirrors. When you look in them, you have to be able to see yourself or what's behind you, whatever, whatever you're looking at, however they're angled. The glass has to be good in the front, at least. The windshield cannot be cracked. Uh, there's a lot of different things that have, and then of course, in that particular state, because they really can't come up with any kind of original plan of their own, they have to borrow the emissions laws that are in place in the state of California, which we all know are a little overwrought, but to stick up for them somewhat, they had an enormous problem with air pollution in the 60s and the 70s, and they had to do something, and so they shot the locks off and said, can't be uh, spewing carbon monoxide into the into the sky anymore just can't do it stop doing it you're destroying our our state and the rest of the country by the way because we have predominantly westerly winds in this country so california came up with these extremely stringent emissions laws and lots of states have said hey you know what we like those so much we'll adopt them as well and new york was one of them what this means for people in the state of New York and probably in the state of California and a lot of other states as well, including the one I'm in now, what that means is that in these particular states where these laws exist, you cannot get your annual inspection completed if you have a check engine light on. And in some cases, repairing that check engine light, getting that check engine light to go off costs thousands and thousands of dollars. Sometimes your catalytic converters are done. They're shot. The car runs fine. It probably actually runs better because the converter's shot, but you've had to look at the check engine light for the last 10 months, and now you need an inspection. And maybe you need an inspection because you let yours expire and a police officer pulled you over and reminded you that, hey, your inspection is inspired, and now you're gonna have to pay a fine. And in New York, you could pay a really, really, really small fine if you get the car inspected in between the time that the ticket was written and you go to court, or you get a really, really enormous fine if you are unable to get it corrected between the time that you got the ticket and the time you go to court, because then obviously the car would not pass inspection couldn't pass inspection, shouldn't pass inspection, didn't pass inspection, and the judge has to say, oh, well, couldn't couldn't find the time to get it inspected or it wouldn't pass. Your fine is a million dollars. And all he really wants is sharks with freaking laser beams. Other laws that men have or that human beings have are traffic laws. And if you've driven anywhere in this country ever, at any time ever, then you know that a lot of people seem to think that traffic laws are, well, basically optional. 
uh, using turn signals, eh, lots of people aren't going to do that. And it's not just BMW owners, people, okay? I've seen all kinds of people driving all kinds of cars not using their turn signals, okay? The myriad of rules that every state has and some states don't have and some states do have and some police officers enforce and some don't. One of the, uh, one of the more heinous rules that I've experienced, which is sporadically enforced and also sporadically not even addressed, is the front license plate law. Many, 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 many states in the United States supply you with a single license plate when you put a car on a road legally in that particular state. But then there's other states that provide you with two plates. So the states can't get together on that and the federal government doesn't seem to have any kind of a pull in that department and probably shouldn't anyway. But you can have some states where not a single vehicle has or is required to have a front license plate. Okay, cool. But then you have other states, such as New York, where I was, or Texas, where I am now, where they give you two plates and they expect you to put both plates on your vehicle. Now, some people don't want to mess up the front part of their car, the lines, the grill, the uh, fascias of their vehicle by screwing a license plate to it. They don't want to do it. I, I don't blame them. I don't think it's, I honestly personally don't think it's necessary. I would like if in this country we had plates that were more like they have in Europe, which are uh, longer and thinner and quite frankly, just better looking. And uh, in a lot of countries in Europe, they also do require a front license plate as well. I don't know how, how much they enforce these, not something that I've ever known. I'm sure somebody will pipe up and say, oh, yeah, in Europe, if you don't have a front license plate, they throw you in a concentration camp, you know. It's like, no, no, I, I know they don't do that. But uh, I know that in the United States, even though we have a front license plate law, a lot of people don't put their front license plate on. And for the most part, they could drive like that their entire life, honestly. If, if they drive like a normal person who follows all the laws who drives the way they're supposed to, who doesn't take, you know, doesn't speed, doesn't pass a school bus when it's stopped, you know, doesn't do these sorts of things to draw attention to themselves from police officers. Also too, it depends on, and I'm, this is just, this is just the way it is, okay? I'm not offering a commentary on it at all, but it also depends on what you look like, and it also depends on what you drive, and also where you drive and perhaps, just as importantly, how you drive. And you all know what I mean. I don't really have to spell it out for you. I'll give you a quick synopsis, but then we'll call it finished. If you have a front license plate on your car and you drive like a jerk in a bad neighborhood, maybe you're of a certain ethnic persuasion, you're gonna get pulled over, regardless of whether or not you have a front license plate on your car or not, okay? But if you're the same person and maybe you're not driving so outrageously, but you're still in the same situation and you don't have a front license plate on your car, you may get pulled over for that. So you don't really wanna give the uh, police agencies in your particular vicinity any other reason to pull you over. Now, you could live in a really, really nice neighborhood and be of a higher caliber type of a person, and I'm not making any statements here one way or the other, but if you are a completely 100% law-abiding citizen and you look like a complete law-abiding citizen, and you never do anything like that, you could probably get away with not having a front license plate on your car your entire life. 
So this is, this is the beauty of man's laws, is that men make these laws. Some of them are stupid, and some of them are just ridiculous, and some of them are necessary. But then they also have to count on men to enforce those laws. And I mean, when I say man, I mean man and women. So that's some of the problems that I have with man's laws. Now, when we talk about the laws of physics uh, as laws that we have to deal with, those are set in stone somewhere. They're set in stone. And somebody figured out a long time ago, probably a, a Greek person, uh, what exactly entails that law, okay? And some of these people have their name attached to the, to the law, okay? Now, when we work on hydraulic brakes or when we work on an automatic transmission, we encounter uh, a lot of different processes that involve hydraulics. And a lot of the uh, laws of how hydraulic things work were uh, determined by a gentleman named Pascal. And so they're called Pascal's laws. And also he had uh, a little bit to do with pressures. And so uh, in the metric system, pressures as far as like air pressures or even fuel pressures are measured in Pascal's, which is a, which is a pretty cool way to memorialize somebody, I think. I mean, I, obviously this guy Pascal has been gone for a long time. He's probably passed on, but he came up with the uh, idea of how these different things work. And so they've named the laws after them. And then you as an automotive technician should learn not only what they're called, but you should learn how they affect things, okay? Uh, for example, just uh, you know a, the bore size of a master cylinder and how it affects the pressure at the bore size of a wheel cylinder or a caliper piston surface area uh, in, in a braking system. You should know that uh, the, the pressure gets multiplied by such and such as, as it is applied by a master cylinder to a surface of a piston in a caliper, which is such and such a size. Now, I obviously don't know all of the ins and outs of this, but I do know basically how it works. I know what the laws are called, and if I wanted to research it some more, I certainly could. Thank you, Google. But I know enough to repair uh, the vehicles I work on. Okay, with, a, with an automatic transmission, there's also the same sort of thing going on with pressure and uh, hydraulics. And uh, one of the things that, that you need to know as an automotive technician is when we're talking about fluids, you cannot actually squeeze a fluid. A fluid has a certain mass to it and it's going to remain within a microscopic portion of that mass no matter how much you squeeze it. And this is how hydraulics work. This is how automatic transmissions work. This is how brakes work. This is how hydraulic pumps on uh, engine cranes or even uh, you know earth movers work. They all work with the same principles. Okay, so you should you should have a basic understanding of that. Also, you should have uh, as an automotive technician a basic understanding of how heat transfer works. Okay, because it's important. You need to know that if you have coolant running through an engine, an engine runs hot, it transfers its heat into the coolant. The coolant transfers its heat into the radiator. The radiators are typically made out of some sort of substance that actually conducts heat out into the world. And a lot of times you're gonna be in need of a fan of some sort to draw air across that radiator to help transfer that heat outside of the vehicle. If those fans don't work, or if they work poorly, or if the radiator's plugged, if the cooling system is low, you don't get the heat transfer, you're gonna overheat. That's pretty much as simple as it gets. And you, and you know what? 
Honest to God, an air conditioning system works exactly the same way. Only the coolant they use is a refrigerant, which is pressurized, and it turns into a liquid when it is pressurized to a certain point and cooled to a certain point. And then when you introduce it into the evaporator, it actually boils and it boils at an extraordinarily low temperature, which would boggle your mind if you weren't familiar with what it was. And it draws in heat and then it becomes a gas again. And then the gas gets sent back out into the uh, compressor because you can compress a gas. You can't compress a liquid. You now have a liquid thanks to the compressor that goes into the condenser and throws the heat of that compressed liquid refrigerant, it throws it out to the outside of the vehicle as well. And a fan and many multiple fans may be required in some cases to help keep that cool along with the cooling system of the engine. So there's a lot of physics involved there. Try to understand them if you don't. If you can't understand how something works, it's you're gonna find that it's very difficult to fix it. Now, before I sign off and get out of here, I want to talk about Murphy's laws. Now, let me just let me just say this real quick about the laws of physics. They are again, and I've said this many times, they are absolute. They're complete. They don't change. They're the same here as they are in China. They're the same here as they are in the Antarctic. They're the same here as they are in South America. Everywhere on this planet, I'm even told although I, no one really has any way of proving this, I'm told that it's the same in outer space, which would be really, really convenient. But uh, I believe that there's things that are going on out there that, that the laws of physics are taking a pass on me, but I digress completely and totally and have no such information to back up my claim. So I should probably just shut the fuck up. But when we're talking about the laws of physics, there's a lot of other little parts of the laws of physics that go along with with the automotive world uh, and most of them have to do with uh, motion and mass uh, the fact that you can't just drive a car into a wall and expect to live the front part of the car may have stopped the back part of the car may still be going whatever speed you were going when you struck the wall and the car will mash itself into a smaller mass than it was before taking up the mass that didn't have any mass in it which means that you, as a human being, are now suddenly going to be part of the dashboard. This is something you have to worry about when you're operating an automobile. When I talk about Murphy's Law, Murphy's Law is something that really, honest to God, does not exist. It is a figment of the human imagination. But it is it feels like it's as fucking real as man's law or the laws of physics. Murphy's Law is pretty simple. It simply states, if something can go wrong, it will. And in my case, if something can go wrong, it will go wrong, and it will be 4.30 on a fucking Friday. Now, I have developed my own laws. I guess you could call it Uncle Jimmy's laws or the Grease to Wheels laws, or, or you can call it whatever you want. But uh, my number one law, and really it's just a rule of vehicle ownership, my number one rule of vehicle ownership is cars break. They fucking break. They're machines, people. And everything on this planet, and I mean everything from the shag carpeting in your house to your dog, the street that you live on, the concrete that they poured to make the the sidewalk, your car tires, the tree in your front yard, everything, your house, you, everything is made up of molecules. 
And the way this planet works is that every single one of those molecules is attempting to break itself apart from all of the other molecules it's attached to, which means that everything on this planet is attempting or is actually breaking down and becoming its sole original component, which is a molecule. Everything on this planet deteriorates. Even styrofoam and plastic deteriorate. They just deteriorate extremely slowly. If you were to visit this planet a billion years from now, it wouldn't look like it does now, that's for sure. Everything that exists now would have returned back to its original molecule. It will have deteriorated, okay? That's something that you need to remember. They even talked about it in the Bible, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It's a God's honest thing, okay? So everything, as soon as it is manufactured, whether it's a person or a puppy or a car or a bike or a microwave oven or a TV set, is attempting right now, is on a path towards being completely deteriorated. It starts the second it is manufactured. Once you take any component made up of elements, smash them together into some other sort of component, they start to deteriorate immediately. Immediately, okay? This is this is not a Murphy's Law, but it is why Murphy's Law exists, okay? Because everything is trying to break. Everything is subtly and slowly trying to break. Now, when I gave you my rule, Uncle Jimmy's rule, and I said, number one rule, is that cars break. What I just explained to you is why rule number two exists, and rule number two is that there's nothing you can do about rule number one. You're not supposed to talk about Fight Club, rule number two, don't talk about Fight Club. Rule number two in this particular Fight Club that we have going on here on this podcast is that cars break and there ain't nothing anybody can do about it. They're going to break. Everything is going to become its most infinite component again at some point in time in the future. It may be way, 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 way far off or it may be tomorrow. I've seen some cars that have turned themselves, that the owners have turned them into landfills. These cars will deteriorate very, very quickly. And I'm not talking about depreciation. That's a whole nother thing. That's a man's law thing where if you have 100,000 miles on a car that's five years old, it certainly isn't worth what it was when it was new with no miles on it. And this is because everything deteriorates. It's not the same as when it was new. No reason why somebody should pay you for a car that you bought five years ago, beat the fucking crap out of, filled up with crap, and now you wanna sell it, and you wanna get exactly what you paid for it. Pfft, not gonna happen. Those are laws that apply to what we do. And Murphy's Law has a whole bunch of different little, uh, a whole bunch of different little things that it applies to. But really, all he's trying to say is this guy Murphy, he wasn't a lawyer, I don't think, but uh, he got it right when he said shit's gonna happen. Shit is gonna happen. And it's gonna happen when you don't want it to because you never want it to. So when it does happen, you're gonna claim that it was the worst time, the most inconvenient time for it to happen. Same with Uncle Jimmy's Law. Cars break. They always break at the most inopportune time because no matter when a car breaks, no matter when a car breaks, it's the most inopportune time. It's not gonna break in your driveway, sitting in your garage doing nothing when you don't need to go somewhere. It might be broken now after you just drove it last night and you wanna go somewhere. Then you notice it's broken and yes, that suddenly becomes the most inconvenient time. So keep in mind, some of these laws 
are really not real. They're fictitious. Murphy's Law is fictitious. Uncle Jimmy's Law is, is a fictitious law. Uh, the laws of physics are not. They are absolute. They exist. Man's laws, uh, sometimes they, they seem fictional. They mostly exist, but they rarely get enforced. Uh, one of my favorite things about man's law, and this has always struck me as funny, is that sometimes man's law contradicts completely and entirely the laws of physics, which uh, state certain things and certain things are going to happen when certain things go a certain way. And one of the things that I've noted is that in lots of cases, if a pedestrian steps off a curb and they're in a, a crosswalk, that they have the right of way. Now, most pedestrians, I mean, from small children up to old men, weigh anywhere between 40 and 240 pounds. Some are bigger, some are smaller, but for the most part, that's the range that pedestrians are. And automobiles, from the smart car weighing about 1,500 pounds all the way up to like a Rolls Royce that weighs uh, four, possibly even five tons, they have quite the mass to them, okay? so. If you're gonna tell me that a pedestrian who steps off a sidewalk into a crosswalk has the right of way, the laws of physics would say, yeah, not so much. Because if if I struck a 240 pound pedestrian with my Rolls Royce at 40 miles an hour, I would declare the Rolls Royce the winner because I could probably continue to drive the Rolls Royce. But this 240 pound man who decided that the laws of man were more important than the laws of physics and stepped in front of my car, when he shouldn't have, is probably now dead. So there's a couple of cases where man's law just doesn't seem to work right. All right, you know what? I've talked enough about law and I'm getting tired of it. And I'm sure you are too. It's not a really very interesting subject, I'm sorry. Don't know what to tell you about that, but I wanted to put that out there for you. This, this is your Uncle Jimmy and by law, I gotta sign off by saying, see ya. So that is it for this week's episode of Grease the Wheels. Hey, make sure you keep those good reviews coming over there on iTunes. We appreciate those. Make sure if you know anybody who would like the show, you share the show with them. We really appreciate getting out to everybody who works on, well, pretty much anything. We're going to have some new stuff coming up for you, so make sure you keep an eye out for that. Can't really tell you that much about it right now, but it's going to be a little bit longer format show, but same old great uncle jimmy content that you have come to know and love so that is it for this week's episode of grease the wheels take care